We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and, didn't, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her, her quietly. Verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he, he, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name. My title for today uh, is a very simple one. And it is this, when God messes up a good thing. Somebody shout, when God messes up a good thing. <clears throat> um, summer of 98, 1998, true story. Um, Little Caesars was running an ad or a promotion um, where um, you would come in and you had to buy three pizzas. If you bought three pizzas, um, you kept the UPCs. Back in the day, you had to have the UPCs. You know what I'm talking about? You cut them off the box. Ah, boy. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a UPC code on a box, your cereal box, and it's like got a code on it. And you cut those out, and you would bring those back to the store. And um, if you had three of them, um, you could trade those in for this big old coupon, um, and you would get a free pizza and um, a beach ball. I think it was like called Summer Fun or something like that. I can't remember, right? So me and my roommate at the time, we had gone into Little Caesars because we went there quite often. We had gone into Little Caesars, and we saw that this, uh, this promo was going on. We had purchased two pizzas. And um, we say to the, to the young fellow over the, the counter, he was like, hey, man, we see you guys got this promotion. Now, how about you give us some of those coupons? And he was like, man, I don't know. I said, bro, just give us, you know, we play football, man. Just give us, a, I'm not going to tell you who I play football for, but we play football, man. And, um, you know, hook us up, man. So the guy gives us a handful of these, these coupons. And I'm like, bro, we some big boys. We need more than that. <clears throat> so the dude gave give us a full box of these coupons. A full box. This is no joke. We were pizza rich, y'all. I'm talking like we were pizza millionaires. I mean, it was, it, me, me and Pastor Tina were dating at the time, and, and, and when she came over to the room, like, girl, you want extra cheese on that thing today? It's like, what you want? You want some sausage? You want to break this thing up? And it, it was a beautiful thing because, like, listen, in, in the summertime for, for a, a college athlete, Playing a sport, you don't have any money. It's just, it was, it's nobody's at the campus, nothing's going on. So this was a blessing, y'all. It was a blessing. 
So because we had so many of them, I mean, we ate pizza every breakfast, lunch, dinner. We ate pizza. Am, am I, am, we ate pizza four or five times a day. Pizza. I had so many of these coupons that I was able to start selling the coupons. <laughs> Listen, I wasn't saved all my life. You better stop. To my teammates, I would sell them to my teammates just for a few bucks. I would, you know, me and my roommate would pass these things out, and, and, and everybody was going to this one place to get pizza after pizza after pizza after pizza. But the catch was you had to pay the tax or you had to pay any upgrades you put on the pizza. So if it was like one, it was a pepperoni pizza, but if you got five toppings, you had to pay for it. So you would place your order on the phone, go down there with your coupon, your handy-dandy coupon, and you would turn it in, and you would just pay the taxes on the pizza. It wasn't that big of a deal. But we had so, so many of them, we didn't know who was going down to this, this little Caesars getting these pizzas. And unbeknownst to me, <laughs> stop going so far. So, so <laughs> unbeknownst to me, one of my many teammates who had one of these, these coupons had gone down to get the pizza, but they didn't realize that you had to pay the tax and the upcharge for every, every topping that you got. So they ended up getting into an argument with the manager. <laughs> I'm not paying for this. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not giving you any I don't have any money. So the manager catches on to the fact that all of these football players have these coupons, and she shut down my good thing. So I call one day, I place my order, I get down there. I mean, I'm, I'm happy, too, because I'm hungry. I mean, it's like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I haven't eaten. And I get down there, and she's like, no, sir, we've, we've canceled the promotion. We're not taking any more coupons. Somebody had messed up a good thing. It wasn't necessarily the right thing, but it was a good thing. <laughs> it's one thing to have somebody mess up a good thing. But it's a whole nother situation when God messes up a good thing. Because what I learned about God is that when he messes up a good thing, he is making room, hear me, y'all, he is making room for a God thing. I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to say it even better. I think I got a note for you. Whenever God messes up a good thing, he is making room for you to give birth to a God thing. He doesn't leave you high and dry. It may feel like he's leaving you high and dry. It may feel like God doesn't care what's going on in your life. It may feel like God doesn't see the progress that you're making. It may feel like God doesn't hear your prayers. But when God frustrates, when he messes up a good thing, he is preparing you. He is positioning you to give birth to a God thing. I want to pull four thoughts from Joseph's narrative that we can apply to our life when God messes up a good thing. Y'all all right? All right, let's work. <clears throat> let's go to verse 18. <clears throat> let's not go to verse 18 just yet. Um, let's set this up a bit. Mary and Joseph were at their last stage um, in their process of being officially married. Um, they were betrothed. And um, the, the marriage process, it was a process back then. It's not much of a process now. You can go to Vegas and get married in two minutes. 
Um, but it was a process back then. The parents would get involved, and they would go out and seek a spouse for their, their, their child. And if they found a good one, um, they would start negotiations. The parents would start negotiations, not the kids. The kids really had nothing to do with it. Um, they would negotiate the terms of the contract. Um, so, so if you wanted to take my daughter's hand in marriage, um, you had to give me 25 cows and, and, and 10 pigs or whatever that number was. Once we agreed to the, the, the terms of the contract, the two who were involved <coughs> would sign the marriage contract. And they were basically married except for one thing. At that moment, after the contract was signed, they were legally married. At that moment, though, um, the, 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 the bride would go back home to her parents, and, and the groom would go back to his parents, and they would stay there for one full year. And the reason why they did this was to make sure that the bride was pure, to make sure that she didn't just show up pregnant one day. Mary and Joseph is in the last stage of this process, and everything had been going so well. It had been going so good. It was working out to perfection. Um, Mary had just taken a job at uh, the First Bank of Nazareth, and, 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 and Joseph, Joseph had just started the furniture company. He was putting the finishing touches on the house they were building together, and, and, and Mary was spending all of her time at Bed Bath & Beyond picking out the curtains and, and the throw rugs and all this stuff for the house. Everything was going according to plan. Everything was going so good until Mary showed up literally pregnant. She, in a rush, has to go to her cousin's house, Elizabeth, up in, up in Judea. She just has to go to her house. And she's supposed to be there for a few days, and she, upstands, she stays there for three months. And when she shows back up in Nazareth, she's showing. And Joseph was destroyed. He was broke because he loved Mary, and he thought Mary loved him. And he's, he's been spending all of his time just mulling over what in the world happened. Everything was going so well. Everything was going so good. Everything was working out according to plan. And I, you know what? I, I know exactly what I'm going to do. Because I love Mary, I'm going to make sure I divorce her quietly. I'm not going to put our business on Instagram. I'm going to let her go ahead about her business and let her do her thing because I love her. And I, it's just going to be between me and her. Nobody's going to know. And just before he goes ahead with his plan, an angel of the Lord shows up and says, Joseph, I know exactly what you've been thinking about. You've been mulling over this thing in your head, and I know how you feel. But I'm here to let you know that God messed up a good thing. Joseph, I, I know how you feel, bro. Every, I, I get it. I mean, everything was, was heading in the right direction, and it looked like all of your plans were working out, and she was the one, and he was the one, and this was, thing was going to work. We've already put down on a house, Pastor Wanza. All of this stuff, everything's working out according to plan. But then the angel of the Lord shows up and says, yo, bro, she didn't mess it up. You didn't mess it up. God messed it up. And the only reason why he messed it up was because he wants you to give birth a God thing. You see, bigger than your good thing, God wants you to give birth to a Bigger than your plan, he, he, he wants you to, to fulfill your purpose. You see, sometimes God will frustrate your, your plans so that you can fulfill your purpose. I'm going to say it again. Sometimes God will frustrate your plans so that you can fulfill your purpose. He will mess up a good thing just to make sure that he positions you and get you in the right spot. 
so you can give birth to a God thing. This is what happens to Joseph and Mary. And I feel like, because I've been there a time or two in my life, I feel like God has done it to me too. Is there anybody else in the room that feel like God just been like, this don't even make sense, God. Everything was on the right tracks. And all of a sudden, it just, they told me I had the job. They said I was the one. That's the ones that we were all lovey-dovey on the phone. We was giving each other googly eyes for like three, four months, and this thing was working out, and it was working out fine. And I don't know what happened. It's a funny thing. You don't have many answers when God messes up a good thing. You ever feel like that? Like, I just, I, it just does not make sense. It does not make sense. I know I'm fine, Pastor Wanda. It just does not make sense why I don't have a spouse yet. But when God frustrates your plans, he's trying to get you to focus on your purpose. You see, he, he comes into to, to, to their house, the house that they were building, the thing, the thing they were putting together. And, and he says, yeah, I got you. I hear you. But I'm pressing pause on those dreams. I'm holding off those plans because I want you to give birth to a God thing. Somebody shout a God thing. A God thing is way bigger than you. A God thing is way bigger than your plans. A God thing is bigger than anything that you can fathom or think. Oh, okay. I, I, I want to push, but I got four points. So I got to hurry up, Jordan, because I got four points today. That's too many points for me. All right, let's work. Let's get the first point. Y'all ready to work? Okay. Uh, let's go to verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read that again because I need you to get this. Yes? This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found. Somebody shout found. She was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Point number one, I want you to write this down. No notifications. <clears throat> Say that with me. No, no. notification. One of the things um, that you gather from the Christmas narrative is that there was a lot of intentional communication and notification from heaven about what was getting ready to happen in the earth. There was a lot of announcing happening at this time. God sends uh, the messenger angel Gabriel to, 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 to Mary to say, hey, Mary, I'm announcing the fact that God wants to use you. He wants to do something great through you. I'm giving you a notification that God is getting ready to borrow your body for a period of time. He's getting ready to borrow your life for a period of time because God wants to, to give birth to something in the earth. God also sends notification to some random shepherds out in the field in the middle of nowhere. He, he sends an angel to announce it, but he also sends an angelic choir to sing about the fact, about the fact of what God was getting ready to do. He, they announced the birth of Jesus that's happening in Bethlehem to some random shepherds in the dark in the middle of nowhere. He even announces the birth of Jesus to some wise men on the east. He announces it by way of a star. He sends a notification of a star up in the sky so that the wise men 
Testament would know that Jesus just has, has been birthed in the earth. But all of this notification was coming from heaven. God was saying all the stuff to the earth about what he was getting ready to do. But you know the only person that didn't get a notification? Joseph. The text says she was found to be pregnant. He stumbled upon the pregnancy. Do you know that God will start a work in your life and not tell you? God will start to change the desires of your heart and not say a word to you about it. He will, listen to me, he will turn you off to things that you were turned on to and you not even know why you turned off to it. Pastor once I used to love going to the club. But I went one day and it just didn't feel right. You didn't get the notification. You, you, you see what I'm saying? I mean, have you ever been there? It's just like, I just don't enjoy it like I used to enjoy it, Pastor Wanza. I used to be the one. I was the, I was the, I was the life of the party, Pastor Wanza. But for some reason, the last time I went, it just wasn't enjoyable. And God, listen to me, God will start a work in you and not even tell you that he's, he's doing a work inside of you. He will start a work in you and not even give you a notification. But the reason why we miss God's work so often is because he doesn't give us the notification. Cody, if God told me 20 years ago that I'm, I want you to preach and I want you to be a pastor, don't you think I'd have done stuff differently? <laughs> we miss the work of God. We miss the development of God because he doesn't give us a notification. But here's the thing. That is not the way that God works. Everybody doesn't get a Hail Mary moment. Oh, y'all missed that. Hail Mary. That's what he said when he came to Mary. Gabriel, he says, Hail Mary. God doesn't give us those Hail Mary moments. He doesn't give us a notification. And I wish God would pull out his iPhone sometimes and just send me a note, a text or something and say, listen, I'm getting ready to change things in your life. Because I feel like I can handle it better if he would just give me a notification. But I found out through my life that that's not the way that God works. Ask David. I got to give him the narrative, don't I? David's out in the field doing his thing, fighting off bear, fighting off sheep. I mean, fighting off, fighting off lion, fighting off bear, defending his sheep, doing his deal every single day. Everybody's forgotten about David. David is kind of like the black sheep of the family. No pun intended. He's the black sheep of the family, and he, they just leave him off to do his own thing. One day, somebody runs out to the field where David had been every single day doing his thing. They run into the field like, David, you got to come to the house because this guy is looking for you. Like, what are you looking? I ain't stole nothing. I ain't, I ain't done nothing. What are you looking for me for? David runs to the house. He comes in the house, and then Samuel takes out his horn and pours anointing oil on him and lets him know you've just been anointed king of Israel. No notice. But God had already decided, because I know the plans that I have for you, that on this day is the day that I'm going to change everything in your life. God doesn't tell us when he's getting ready to change things. But I wish, I wish he would just give me some sort of notification to tell me. I would have never done some things that I did if I knew I was going to be standing here. 
And that's the problem when God gives you a notification because you would change things. Oh, y'all. So, Adam was created out of the dirt. That's where his, his, his Hebrew is Adama. He's, he's created out of the earth. And, and God blew, 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 blew breath into him. Yes? Y'all know that narrative. He was made out of the dirt. He was formed out of the dirt. So why would you think that God will have a problem with the dirt that you've done? He wants to use all of that. That's all good stuff to me. This is a savory meal for me. I want everything that you've ever done. Because here's the thing. It gives you validation. It gives you accreditation. And it makes everybody know that God is real. I wouldn't take none of it back. Wouldn't take any of it back. But if God had given Pastor Juan's other notification, I couldn't talk to you about selling those cards that I sell. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm getting at? God doesn't give a notification. And the reason why we miss him so often is because he doesn't give a notification. But what he does is he starts doing or working your life and he doesn't tell you about it. I'm going to get off this portion, but I'm going to push. I can remember as a little boy, and I've said this before. I remember my mother calling me in the house. I was outside playing football. I will never forget the day. I was outside playing football. <clears throat> and my mother would sit upstairs in her window, and she would just be people watching. <laughs> you just, she just watching the cars. But she would call me. Well, I'm out. And I could hear her down the street calling me. I was like, guys, I got to go. I got to run. I got dirt all over me, everything. I run upstairs, and I said, Mom, what's up? What you need? Come here. And she come upstairs. She had spilled some blessed oil all over the floor. She says, come put this oil all over you. Put this oil on me. This is weird. <laughs> so I went outside all slippery. Boy, they couldn't tackle me to save their life that day. <laughs> but listen to me. Way back then, God was doing the work. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if he had given me the notification, I would have messed it up. Because now I got to act a certain way. Now I got to be a certain way. Now there are certain places I can't go. But now I got a testimony because I've been to all of those places. So you can't tell me nothing that I'm going to turn my nose up at because here's the thing. I've done a little of everything. I thank God for not giving me the notification. Oh, I got to push. This is too much. Shout no notifications. Okay, let's push. Let's go to verse 20. Are y'all learning anything? But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Our second point for the day is the phrase, don't run. Say that with me, don't run. The first thing that the angel says to Joseph after reminding him that he comes from a royal bloodline is to, to do not be afraid. We learn a lot about what was happening in the mind of David based upon what the angel says to David. He says to him, do not be afraid. That phrase, when you start to do just a little bitty, little tiny word study, that word afraid is the word, I'm going to say this wrong, phobomeo. 
It's the word phobomai, and it means to flee. So we see the English word afraid, but what the angel said is, don't flee. What the angel said to David was, don't run from this. You see, our natural response to what God does in our life is to run from it. Oh, I'm talking to somebody today. He says, David, I don't want you to run from this. I I want you to embrace this because God wants to do something in your life. How many times have have you seen God start to do something in your life and you ran from it? How many times have you sat in church and you said to yourself, today's the day that I'm going to I'm, I'm sign up for growth tracks, but you run out the door. <laughs> we, we, we've been talking about baptism, and, and, and we baptized 33 people. Somebody shout amen for that. 33 people this year. We baptized 33 people this year. We've extended the opportunity and extended the opportunity, and you said to yourself, I feel like I should be baptized. I feel like today is my day. I feel like this is my time, but for some reason you just run from it. Our natural response to what God does in our life is to run from it. And the angel says to David, don't run from this. Stop running from this. My question to you today is what are you running from? Here's what I love about the text. This conversation happened between Joseph and the angel. The only person that knew that, that, that Joseph wanted to run was Joseph. You see, you showed up to church today, but you're still running. You can feel God calling you to a deeper commitment in him. He's calling you to start serving at church, to be a volunteer, to start giving. And every time you feel that thing come up in you, you run from it. The angel says, don't run from this. Embrace it. As a matter of fact, I want you to embrace it and take it home with you. Somebody shout, embrace it. it. Week after week, you show up at church, but you know that there's more that you're supposed to be doing. Week after week, you can feel God calling you deeper. Week after week, you you can feel God saying, it's time for you to lift your hands. Oh, gosh. It's time for you to open up your mouth and give me praise. And every week, you find a reason not to do it. When God calls us to a deeper place, our natural propensity is to run from it. If you start studying this even more, it says, it says that Joseph was scared. It scared him, so he wanted to run. And I'm here to tell you, I, I, I feel you. I mean, like, you, you got scared when God called you to it. Like, you really saying this to me, God? I remember the day, never forget it, when she told me. She says, you know it's time for you to start preaching. I got scared. Our natural response to when God calls us deeper I can't do it. We run from it. The first thing the angel says to him, don't run from this. Look at your neighbor and say, don't run, don't run from this. God is calling us to embrace where he's calling us to. God is calling for us to embrace what he's doing in our life. I, I think I was laughing when I said this, but, but, but many of us have come to this church week, week after week after week, and I like this church. This church is dope. I like everything about this church. I like everything that they do. I enjoy the worship and the preaching. Oh, my gosh, I've never heard a preacher like this. But you still don't join. Our natural, listen to me, 
I want you to understand is your natural response to when God calls you deeper, specifically when he calls you to do something for him, is to turn and run. And it's for many of you in the room today, you've been running from God for years. You still come to church. You still smile when you get here. But between you and God, you know that you're running. Today, I want you to stop running. The angel says, listen to me, I need for you to embrace this thing. Whatever God is calling you to do, wherever he wants to take you, I need for you to embrace this thing. If he's calling you to be part of the prayer and care team, embrace it. Somebody shout, embrace it. If he's calling you to volunteer and to, and to be part of, of the folks who greet on a week-to-week basis, embrace it. If he's calling you to pray more, if he's calling you to read more, embrace it. Stop running from it. The reason why the angel says to Joseph, don't run from it, is because he knew that the natural response of a human, when God calls him deeper, is to run. It's a natural response. He says, today I need you to stop running. Let's get the next one. Verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Third point for today is the phrase, name it. May shout, name it. I want you to pay real close, close attention to this text because it, it's key in what the angel says to him after he says to him, don't, don't run from this. I, I not only want you not to run from it, hear me now, I not only want you not to run from it, but I want you to give it a name. I want you to embrace it, but I also want you to give it a name. And I said this before, before I even got into this. In that culture, when you gave a child a name, it made it official. It made it real. What we, what we say in the business world, it gave it legs. It, 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 made, it gave it life. So, so what he was saying is, okay, I want you to embrace it. You're not going to run from it. I'm not running from it. But now I want you to name it. I want you to make this thing official. Yes. There are many of us who know, we we know what God has called us to. We know what God wants us to do, and we don't have a problem with it, but we haven't named it yet. We haven't given it a name because once you give it a name, then that means it's my my responsibility. (laughs) Once I put a name, once I I start to profess salvation, then then there's a responsibility associated with with that. So I don't name it. I just kind of let it be. What things in your life haven't you named that belong to God? There is a lot that we do from, 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 from day to day that we just haven't given names to. I love God, Pastor Wanza, and God knows my heart. That's our favorite phrase. God knows my heart. But you ain't named it yet. You haven't put a ring on it yet. You haven't made this thing of, you haven't changed your, your status on Instagram yet. You haven't made it official. But when we don't give it a name, we know what God has called us to do. And I don't have a problem with it, Pastor Wanzel, but I haven't given it a name yet. Somebody shout, give it a name. 
It's one thing to embrace it, but it's another thing to give it a name. Because once I give it a name, I'm telling the world that I'm responsible for this, and this is mine. And it is my responsibility, watch me, y'all, to make this thing grow. I'm going to nourish this thing. I'm going to help this thing grow. I'm going to feed this thing. I'm going to build this thing. That's like any other kid. When God gives birth to something through you, it's your responsibility to name it. Because once I name it, it's my responsibility. We love coming to church. We love God. But we don't want, we don't want the responsibility of relationship. Because relationship causes me to have to walk away from some things. Relationship, relationship causes me to say, you know what, I can't be in that circle anymore. I can't keep going to these places. So we never name it. We just know what God wants us to do. We just don't ever do it. Somebody shout name it. Let's get this last one. Can I stay there for one second before I get this last one? My last point. So I remember, I got to give y'all as many um, personal examples. I'm going to talk about your business. I'll talk about mine. So I remember when God was calling me to get into the minister's class. And I was real hesitant about it. Pastor Tina had gone like head first into the minister's class. I was like, oh, this is dope. This is great. You know, God is calling me. And, okay, good for you. <laughs> so God... No, he calling me to the minister's class. And you know what my biggest um, issue was? I didn't want a title. I didn't want nobody calling me Minister Wanzel, Pastor Wanzel, Elder Wanzel. So I played around. Seriously, y'all, I, like, I, I didn't get in the class because I didn't want the title. I didn't want to name it. So my thing was, I'll go through the class, I just won't say nothing. I just won't wear a collar. I, you know, I, I won't do the things that a pastor does. I won't do the things that ministers does. And, and that is what we do to God all the time. Yeah, yeah God, I'll do it, but I'm just not going to name it. I'm going to serve at church, but I'm not going to name it. I'll be a Christian in my heart, but I'm not going to name it. Yeah. You would be amazed at how long I sat on the fact that God was calling me to the next level in him, a deeper level in him, simply because I didn't want to give it a name. Can I mess with you for one second since I told you my business? Some of y'all been in relationships with people for years. But you won't marry that person because you don't want to name it. I'm done. I'm not going to go there. I got to get this last one. Let's go verse 24. Let's go home. You there? Verse 24. All right. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Fourth and final point for today is the phrase, get up and obey. Say that with me. Get up up. and And obey. obey. Do me a real quick favor. Can you do me a huge favor? Look at your neighbor and say, get up. And obey. So for me, um, this part of the narrative makes Joseph special in my heart. 
Because after he hears the words of God, the word of God, he simply gets up and obeys it. For Joseph, there was no more questions. There was no more debating. Once he heard what God wanted him to do, once he found out what God was doing in his life, he got up. Text says he woke up and he went and did it. And when I thought about Joseph, I automatically thought about you. Is that we sit in church and we hear God's word, but we don't get up and obey. Pastor Wanza, that word was for me. That word was good. And you get up and you do the same thing that you had been doing before you got here. But what makes Joseph special, what, what, what makes him a pillar in our history is the fact that he heard God's word, he got up, and he obeyed it. He got up from his seat, he got up from his bed, and he went and obeyed God's word. Obedience means more than sacrifice to God. So, Pastor, I'm, I'm giving my time, I'm giving my heart, I hear you sacrifice, but are you obeying? Do you obey? What's going to make the difference in your life? Oh, gosh, I'm talking to somebody specific. What's going to make the difference in your life is when you start obeying God's word. You understand God's word. You grasp it. You, you, you internalize it. You even get rhema words from God. I'm saying rhema word meaning a word specific to you. You heard God speak to you. When I said this, you heard God speak to you. That's a rhema word, a word that you can apply. You've gotten rhema words from God, and you still don't obey. But what's going to make the difference this year, somebody shout this year, is that I'm going to get up and obey. I'm going to get up out of this seat on a Sunday morning, and I'm going to go obey. Listen to me. I'm not saying this because he's my son, but this boy just gave you some word this today on giving. But we sit there. It's a good word, Jordan. Go, boy. <laughs> and we don't obey. What would the Christmas narrative be if Joseph didn't obey? How could your life look different if you would just obey? Not just hear what Pastor Juan, what is God saying to you? What has he said to you? What is he saying to you in this moment? For some of you, and I don't know why I'm staying on this, and, and God has put this in my spirit, some of y'all just need to, you need to get into growth track today. You should have already done it, but I'm telling you, you get an opportunity today to get into growth track. So Pastor Wanza, I don't want to join this. Go join the church someplace. You ain't got to join this church. Go find one. Because you need a community around you that can help you live the life that you say that you want to live. You need that community. You got to have it. There's no other way to do it. My final word to you today is to get up. After all this conversation we've just had, to get up from here, from your seat, and go obey. 
Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.